0: Yeah, this. light shot! Now you wanna get nuts? Come on!
1: Let's get nuts. You know the thing about a shaggy's head? Lifeless eyes. Black eyes,
0: like a doll's eye. That's it. I've had it with this dump! We've got no food. we got no jobs. Our pets' heads are falling off! My name is Rod, and I like to party. I said it before and I'll say it again. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it.
1: Welcome to the Have You Seen This podcast. I'm your host, Ethan Wilson, and here today I'm with Jake Spencer as always. What's up? This is a show where we recommend a movie the other person that they have not seen, and then they watch it during the week, and then we discuss it on the show. This week on the show, we were talking about the 1993 movie, Days to Confuse. It is a movie that is, starts at the last day of school in a high school in small town Texas, and the upperclassmen are hazing incoming freshmen, and everyone is trying to get stoned, drunk, or laid, even the football players, they signed a pledge not to. The movie starring... Jason London, Wiley Wiggins, Matthew McConaughey, Rory Cochran, Sasha, Sasha Jensen, uh, Joey Lauren Adams, and Cole Hauser. It was written and directed by Richard Linklater. With this movie, me, I don't remember when I saw it. That's one of the weird things about this movie. Um it was Were you, like uh,
0: Days and hazed when you saw this? No.
1: Pretty sure it was like a five dollar bin purchase at Walmart just based off of like the title and kind of the cover of the movie, which it was like a kind of psychedelic looking picture of I think Jason London, Rory Cochran, and Sasha Jensen, I think is them three. Mm-hmm. On the front doing what they're doing in the picture that I have right now. Just the devil horns and the tongues out and stuff. And also, we watched it, you know, uh, as a family. It was like a family movie thing. And it's got a really, the soundtrack's got a lot of older, like, classic rock songs on it. So it's like a two-volume soundtrack that my mom ended up purchasing off of eBay. Nice. That was back in the day before Amazon and all those things were a thing. She bought the volume one and two off of eBay. Um, so this movie was pretty prevalent in my high school days because um, that's when we got it. Watched it a lot because it's just a pretty easygoing movie. There's not much going on in it. But had you ever heard of it before we watched it today or this week?
0: I've heard of it. I saw, like, some clips of it. So they had, like, on one of my Rush Hour DVDs that I used to binge watch back in the day before binge watching was a term, it would show, like intercut preview like a little just like snippets of this one fast times at Ridgemont, and then um say anything so i had a hard time knowing which scene was in which film yeah just based on those previews just because it would just cut in between each one so i was like what movie is what so like i was familiar with some scenes i just didn't know which one it was yeah because well, a lot of those are just coming of age films like you know
1: yeah and I remember my mom especially really liking this movie because this is this is her and my dad's like wheelhouse this is when they were in high school like my dad yeah. and mom both graduated in 78 this takes place in the summer of 76 so this is like just reliving kind uh-huh. of what life was like back then I don't know how much of it that of the hijinks in this that they took place in. I know my dad took place in some hijinks, but it was different because they live in they lived in Fairland, Oklahoma, which is like a town of like a thousand people. This okay. this movie is supposed to feel like a small town, but it was filmed in Austin, and it really feels like a city suburb. It doesn't feel like a small town when you're watching this. Yeah, so we had this movie. We watched it a lot. Um, so we'll move into our topics, our categories, if you will. So, Jake, what were some things you did not like or problems that you had with the film?
0: I just thought it was weird that it was just culturally accepted that the high school kids would just go around and assault the junior high kids coming into high school. Like, you know, just beat the trash out of them with wood paddles. Like, just even the adults didn't care. I just thought that was kind of stupid. different am like, I'm, I'm curious if that actually happened, and if it did, that's super messed up.
1: I think I've asked my I asked my dad that if he had to deal with that coming in, because he graduated in 78, so he would have been coming in high school like 73, 74. Mm-hmm. Um, he said that they didn't do the paddle stuff, but hazing was very much a thing for the boys mostly in his area coming. Not so much the girls, but he said the hazing was very much like a rite of passage thing for whatever. But it wasn't like... Like, this movie makes it seem like it's, like, s- across the board with everyone. Like, it's just open season on you. If you get busted, how's what they call it? If you get, like, you walk out of the junior high and me, a senior, comes over and smacks you with the paddle, Jake, you're going to be cool for, like, two days and then someone else is going to start looking for you type of thing. Yeah, that's so stupid. My dad made it sound like the hazing was like, if you were a sports guy, it was the sports dudes that, the seniors that would haze you a little bit. If you were a, you know, shop guy, it was those guys. So it was very, like, um, extracurricular activity oriented, like a rite of passage into coming into those things. But he said, he never said that they did anything like beat, beat kids with paddles or anything. He said it was just stupid stuff like, having to clean up things or they played pranks on you and stuff. Gotcha. I mean, I played sports, so there was a lot of it in sports from the older guys. And I mean, I'd par- I I, took, you know, took part in it as I got older, kind of given a hard time to younger guys. But it was also like, a if I am doing this to you is because I think that you're a cool person or I think that you fit in. Well, I didn't really mess with people that, I didn't get along with, I knew that there would be like a mutual interest in being friends with the people that I messed with, you know? So I wasn't just picking on everybody. Yeah. Um, and it was also it ended up being kind of like a, like it, it leads into like a mentorship type of thing. If there's such a thing for high school kids being stupid, 17, 18 year olds. Um, but like you know, there's a freshman kid that you kind of take under your wing as, A high school baseball player or a football player or whatever, and they're kind of like your little person.
0: And I did like that. That right after, you know, the main kid Mitch got, you know, smacked a whole bunch. You know, the the main the main character um, Randall, he's just like, hey, you got beat pretty bad, and you know, ended up just being like, oh, you're a cool kid. You know, kind of just took him under his wing and all that. Yeah, it's very much. I thought that was cool. I feel like.
1: Uh, Pink is seeing himself in that kid because that kid's kind of like a, like a you know scraggly, long-haired brown yeah. brown-haired kid. So I feel like it's like he's seeing a lot of himself in that kid. Plus, uh he's doing, and Rand Randall is doing a lot of soul searching in this movie as to what he yeah. wants to do and be, um, and joining in the hazing with the paddling and stuff is very much just jumping in and doing what he's kind of pushing back against with the flyers that's supposed to be signing and just the whole, yeah like the, the whole ju- Cause all those guys are football players. All those, the, the guys that you mainly interact with, except for, um, the nerd squad the stoner guy. And then, yeah, or, the know, three... The three the three nerds. Yeah. But the, all, the guys doing the, the paddling, they're all like jocks, sports guys. And cool. he's kind of having, you know, struggling with being in that crowd, but wanting to kind of be friends with more people and not really wanting... That not really representing his feelings or whatever. The first problem that I had is a problem that I've had with it for a long time, is when Pink and... Um, Slater go to buy weed from Pickford at the his parents' house. Yeah. Um, and they're just smoking weed in that room and then the beer truck guy shows up and they're like spraying, they're like wafting uh, incense yeah. and spraying like um, aerosol sprays and stuff, but you would still be able to smell that oh. pot. <laughs> oh, Yeah. And the dad no being like, "Did you order a couple kegs of beer?" and not saying anything about the weed that is smelling in his house.
0: Yeah, well, he probably smells it a lot.
1: Yeah, but they they make those parents seem like they're, you know, Mister and Mrs. Cleaver type of thing because yeah. they cancel going on their trip because of the beer guy and in that thing. So it was like he was oblivious to the the weed being smoked in his house.
0: And for my next one, I said. The kid with the tiny arms is the quarterback. And then I was just like, didn't realize why football is a central topic in this movie. And then I looked it up and it's set in Austin, Texas. I'm like, okay, that makes way more sense. Why everybody's making a big deal about football cuz I otherwise, you know, cuz I grew up in California where our football team was okay, and but it wasn't wasn't that big of a deal. You know, football isn't really a big thing out here, at least you know, it wasn't when I was in high school. So I couldn't relate and so I was just wasn't sure.
1: Yeah, they kind of gloss over the location of this movie. Um they don't ever really spe- specify that it's in Texas. If they do, it's later on in the movie and it's not really a central thing that this is a tiny town in Texas. Yeah, football's nuts in in Texas. Everyone oh, yeah, everyone cares cares a whole lot about football in Texas. Um when they're doing the whole montage of getting ready for the night party, the going out and stuff. And the two girls are in their room. And I remember asking my mom if this was a thing back then, but the girl having to lay on her back while her friend zips up her pants with pliers because the pants were so tight. Mm. I just, that just seems to me like it just gives me anxiety because I hate the, the feeling of material being like constricting against me. So the idea of having to, or idea of wearing the pants that you're wearing in style, at that time for girls was they were so tight you had to zip them up with a zipper with a pair of pliers it's crazy to me
0: yeah it's too much my next one is
1: where are all the adults at the baseball game
0: (laughs) you know you got all these high schoolers just heckling a junior high kid at you know the final game of the season or whatever and then no adults you know go to congratulate them where's the coach you know why is nobody stepping in to stop these high schoolers from chasing this kid down and just beating him? It's just like,
1: where are the adults in this movie? Jake, it's 1976. It's just, just part of being a kid. Kids being and kids. I uh, said Mitch's friends are loser babies. His buddies. Uh, the blonde-haired kid and the the other guy. And then the, the, the bigger kid. They don't, you know, they don't back their buddy up at all, man. They just dip, and run away as as soon as they can, because they know their friend's going to get their hair to get Mitch and Mitch alone. So they run away. I said, I said, I'm probably just going to go and just go down with my friend, man. I'm just going to go get it with him. So he doesn't have to be by himself. Yeah. Plus if they're going to get you anyways, you might as well get it over with. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and that's kind of the, those two, those kids, like when you see these groups of people at the first of the movie and it's just, a product of showing what a small town interaction with is everyone's in groups. Like you see, you see pink and the other jock guys kind of hanging out together. You got Pickford, which he got his GTO and Mia Jokovic. Um, They're like the, they're like hippie stoners. And then you got the burnout guys that are making the bong and shop class and talking about john bonham's two-hour drum solo and then you got the nerdy kids uh at the middle school with mitch and his three buddies and then at the high school you got kind of like the intellectual nerdy people Uh, and then like pink bridges the gap kind of between all of these people and they meld together as the movie goes on yeah Uh, and school is not a thing anymore so it illustrates cliques in high schools versus like interacting with people outside of school. Um, yeah, but this is more of a social thing, you know. After Mitch gets paddled by his by the the high schooler guys, he's no longer like with the middle school kids anymore. They see him one other time, um, but he's just like he's like instantly moved on. And it goes the same for the girl that is getting hazed. I don't remember what her name is. Uh, she's with her her two friends sitting on that uh regulator station outside the school and they ask her if she's in or she's out and she says in and then she's just not i mean she's just gone from those people now yeah um so you have these two characters that are coming out of middle school and immediately getting accepted into the culture of than popular kids, and then the yeah. other kids just fade off in the distance of the movie. It's just interesting in a stupid comedy movie that they're illustrating these ways of life that happen in, in high schools.
0: Yeah. My next one was, the old guy whining about felonies then proceeds to just shoot his gun.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's... Uh...
0: Brandishing a weapon and... Arguably attempted murder.
1: Yep. Um, Vietnam veteran, most likely. That's what it looks like. He's (laughs) a little too old at set for 1776. The guy with the... It had to be the American flag mailbox that they knocked over.
0: Oh, definitely. You know it is.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wrote a thing down by the paddle ritual, but we already talked about that. Wooderson is the perfect embodiment in a movie of a dude that high school kids would love, but when you get older you think that dude is a pervy loser. Oh,
0: definitely. I couldn't figure <laughs> out how what to write about this character because at one point he seems like he's just such a cool guy, but then when you think about it, you're just like, why is this cool dude just hanging out with minors in high schoolers still?
1: Yeah. It's cause you, can't, I mean, you can't let go I get,
0: of it. I get if he was like a senior while they were like sophomores or juniors and he's like one or two years older and that's still his friend circle.
1: Yeah. But like late when they get arrested or the cops get called at the end that he like knows he played football with the police officer.
0: Oh yeah, that's right. So like, You
1: can't be still bad that I got all district and you did. not You know, it's like, bro, I am arresting you for hanging out on the 50 yard line of a high school field smoking pot with 17 year olds. Quit talking crap to me.
0: Yeah, that that yeah, he's definitely very weird.
1: So <clears throat> and I get like I said at already, this is supposed to be in the seventies and like the whole thing is like we were able to you know, if you ask a person that was alive back in those days, they're like nowadays kids can't do anything. You know, our parents used to be able to let us go play in the street nothing'll happen and now all this stuff will happen. Well, like I said, If I told my mom, I'm what, an eighth grader is what, maybe 14 years old. If I told my mom, hey, at 8 o'clock tonight, a senior in high school who's almost 18 is going to come pick me up and take me out to go to a party. And then he pulls, my mom might have been like, she would have said no, but you know, a high school kid being fine then that kid proceeds to roll up with a man that's like in his late 20s in a car my mom would have been like no you're not going (laughs) (laughs) you're not you're not getting in the car with this adult stranger and a high school kid you're not doing it
0: yeah my next one was goatee man needs to see a therapist and so does um Ben Affleck's character. There's so many fragile egos on these high school seniors in what, this movie. Which it's ones go to
1: Which ones go team? Man,
0: the guy who immediately starts a fight with Adam Goldberg's character.
1: Oh, uh, okay, yeah. Uh, just like just Clint. because
0: you know his character's like making like a an offhanded like oh, I smell weed, and then that guy just gets immediately offended by it yeah. or whatever. It's just like gosh. I only came here to do, do therapy, therapy kick Damn. some
1: ass, and drink some beer. It looks like we're all out of beer. That's the classic tough guy line fake tough oh, guy line fragile egos yeah um one big problem i have with this movie is the length of the night that is taking place because so if you're thinking of the at the end of school for summer break it's probably may right Mayish, ish yeah. june-ish so you've already sprung forward so it's not getting dark until eight o'clock at night or so so when the baseball game ends it's pitch black outside it's dark he gets busted it's dark they drop him off, or Pink drops him off of the house. is kind of dusky outside. And then he comes back and picks him up, and it's dark. The guys at the dance, when they're leaving the dance, it's dark. So what time are all these things taking place? Because if the baseball game is ending at, like, 8.30, what time is this dance taking place at? And then yeah, I have no idea. It's just kind of all over the place with like this. It's just like a, you're trapped in a never-ending, weird time loop of a night. So you have plenty of time to do everything. But it's just... And then when the boys are walking back after the one Ben Affleck tells them to squeal like a pig, they toss them... He tosses them a beer when they're leaving. Yeah. They're drinking that beer and the sun is setting behind them. But while that, that beating was happening, it was dark. So there's just a lot of continuity issues with the time that everything takes place in this movie. And then they go to that moon tower party. So it just seems like, you know, it's kind of wrapping up at like three in the morning, but they wouldn't have got out there until one or so. It just, it's a, it just seems like a weird, it's just kind of the continuity with the time table in this movie is strange. Uh huh. And in in the long run, it doesn't matter. It's just something that I noticed this last yeah. time watching it.
0: Then for my last dislike, I wrote, Not sure if it's a good idea to go for a drive out of town to buy concert tickets if you spent the entire night before partying and then while you're driving with no sleep, still getting high, you know, and driving under the influence all the way there. So did they pick up tickets in Houston? Is that what I heard? Yeah. That's a three-hour drive yeah. from Austin to Houston.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And they're, A, going on no sleep, and B,
1: getting stoned in the meantime. Like, they're just bro. living, dude. l L-I-V-I-N. They're not going to be living
0: for very long, I'll tell you
1: that. <laughs> um, my last final thing was um, Ben Affleck's character's car. He opens that trunk, and they're just grabbing beers out of that trunk uh-huh. and popping them and drinking them. It's going to be warm. Disgusting. It's gross. Oh, yeah. Gross. I don't (laughs) care. I don't care how much I want a beer. If there's like, if the choice is warm or nothing, I'm saying I don't want it. I'll just wait. I'll just wait. There's going to be a cold one sometime. I'll just have that one. I don't want this warm trunk beer that's rattling around as you're driving like an idiot. No thanks. (laughs) Exactly. All right, Jake. So we'll move into favorite parts and lines. What was your first one? The
0: first one I wrote down was like when the girls were talking in the bathroom in the deep dive and analyzing Gilligan's Island. Yeah, I thought that was funny, and I was just like, if they made this movie today or like you know ba- uh, based in this you know this era, what what show would they use? I'm just curious with what that with
1: what that well, show would be used. Like. Pop culture, the way pop culture is right now, it's gonna it would have to be a movie because Gilligan's Island was like the '60s and '70s, so it was probably wrapping up as them being in high school. I don't know the way the way people talk about like Parks and Rec or The Office or like I don't know How I Met Your Mother or something. It would be something the-
0: they fear, like. I see a lot of theorizing on like Wandavision or shows like that.
1: Yeah, I think I think that type of show is too new because there's like a billion episodes of she's listing them all on the board um, that they're talking about in the thing. So you'd have to think it's a it's a show with a lot of episodes already. And that is like beloved, and that more than just a niche type of people would really like it and pay attention. So to probably it. something like The Office. So it'd be like The Office, Parks and Rec, How I Met Your Mother, just something like that. Those really popular sitcom shows.
0: Friends, maybe. Yeah,
1: Friends or Seinfeld, one of the two. Oh I mean, yeah,
0: Friends are so-
1: I, probably Friends or Seinfeld then. Yeah. The first favorite part that I listed is the soundtrack. I just really it just really sets the the tone of this movie really well it's it's snappy and it's fun um you open up with sweet emotions by aerosmith and you close with slow ride but they're when they're all like pulling into the top-notch burger and stuff it's playing low rider and at the end of uh the movie when he's when the party's winding down i don't remember what song it is i think it's a leonard Skinner song but it's like a real slow-sounding sad song because the party's ending. They just picked a lot of great songs and, and used them really correctly in the parts mm. of this movie. Like uh, yeah, Jim well Jim uh, Jim Dandy's playing when the two guys are, or the three guys are chasing after the, the, the junior high kids in the car. And uh, I don't know. It's just good stuff.
0: Yeah. My next one was The Shot Following the Foosball. That was really cool. Yeah. Like, that was really good. What's
1: funny, I asked my, because when I was younger, we would go visit my, this has nothing to do with the movie, It's just a sidebar. Uh Uh, We would go visit my grandparents in South Texas, and right next to their trailer was like, in the park that they lived in, there was like a wreck room, and there was a pool table in there. So my dad, me and my dad would go over, and he would whoop me in pool as a little kid. (laughs) Um, but they had a foosball table in there, and I asked him one time if he had ever played foosball, and he said, nah, foosball's for pothead burnouts. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Perfect for this movie.
1: <laughs> well, and in this movie, the pothead burnouts are playing foosball, which is hilarious because my dad grew up in this time where those things were super popular, pool and foosball and pinball and stuff. like. My dad likes playing pinball, but foosball's for burnout potheads. That's what he would say. Burned out, do- burned out dopers, <laughs> is what my dad would say. So, That's I appreciated hilarious. that in this movie. I like the uh, so when the the middle school kids are trying to get out of of class early, they walk up to their teacher, and his name is Mr. Payne, and they ask him. They say, "Any any extra minute you could get us out of here would increase our chances of survival," and he yeah. looks at them and says, "I'm gonna tell you." What our sergeant said to us one time we were going into the jungle Ben, 50 of you are going on a mission, 25 of you ain't coming back. I just really liked that part. That his name was Mr. Payne, and, and he just does not care that these kids are getting ready to get the trash beat out of them by older kids.
0: Yep, which contributes to the problem that I said earlier. Yeah. Just culturally accepted that the older kids <laughs> assault the younger ones.
1: Well, he's even laughing when they're talking over the megaphone at those just outside the school. They're screaming, cuss words, and threatening these kids and stuff. And the teacher in the room is just kind of giggling about it.
0: My next one I wrote. It's hilarious that they're using like that self-made bong from their shop class. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, and
1: he's like, "It's no good. You got you get an air and you got to put gum around that, man." So the girl's ritual is way more I would rather get paddled than be degraded like those girls on the parking lot are. They're having yeah. to go they're having to go ask random dudes to marry them and
0: get sexually assaulted. Sexually
1: assaulted. I mean it's degrading. But in that part when, and in the
0: middle of an Austin summertime when that concrete's probably like 100 something degrees.
1: Yeah, and like you saying the two nerdy guys are talking about like this is just accepted. Obviously, they're selling concessions. The community's okay with it. Why is this a thing? Those two guys are talking about that, sitting up against yeah. the the car. But then they immediately take part in it when the one girl comes up. And they take part in it in like a tongue-in-cheek way. He lets her stand up and ends up asking her why she's doing it. In that part, when they're loading all of the girls up to go to the car wash, the, the main girl... The high school girl can't remember her name is Darla or something. She says, Why, What are you looking at? Wipe that face off your head, bitch. <laughs> and I, um, I want to say I've heard that they said that she improvised that. She didn't, that wasn't written in the script. That's hilarious. So she just popped that one off the top of the dome while she was filming.
0: And I said, My next one, Mitch, smart kid, using. Wooderson's line about, you know, working and stuff to kind of, air quote, convince the convenience store clerk uh, to get the was beer. Oh, that
1: enough to get beer, yeah.
0: Yeah. Didn't show an ID, but just used like that, oh, you know, just just working for the city, you know, trying to make that dollar, you know.
1: Yeah, here's here's some more money for your packet. I wrote down that I really enjoy Randall Pink's character in this thing. Um He's just, like you said earlier, just a true good guy. I mean, that yeah. one kid gets beat to to hell by those other guys. He, like, is like, you know what, dude? Same thing happened to me. No big deal. In fact, I'm going to encourage you to come with me just to show him it doesn't bother you. You know, he's kind of the bridge between, like, he's friends with the nerd, nerd guys, which good enough friends that they regularly play poker because there's off-handed comments like we playing poker tonight and he says no I'm going to a party. Yeah. Um he's friends with the jock guys which it seems like later on in the truck that they've been friends since they were little kids playing sports together. He's friends with the stoner characters, he's friends with, you know, the kind of the uppity girls and things like that. And I really like that character. I you know, I didn't do all the partying in high school, but I had friends in multiple Different cliques in high school. I was wasn't just friends with a specific type of person. Yeah. So I like that type of character. He just is very genuine in the show. Until he, I mean, he he does make out with that one girl in the in the woods when he has a girlfriend, and then when the she says, "What are you doing? Don't you have a girlfriend?" He says, "What girlfriend?"
0: Yeah. <laughs> hey, he's just he's just trying to get something. Yep. You know. But I'm not saying that excuses it.
1: Uh, whatever jake the way I said it, anyway. whatever jake we know what you're saying jake
0: anyways <laughs> i thought it was i said it was a hundred percent amusing to see ben affleck's douchey character just absolutely lose his mind yeah i love that
1: yeah um and ben affleck has talked about how horrible that character is like this is like the first movie i think it's one of the first movies that he said he was in yeah um and he said he watches this movie and just it's just that character is one of the most unlikable people that he's ever played in any movie ever. <laughs> um which is interesting because he plays why. he's played some really scummy people in movies. Slater saying Chicky Leader and the other dude in the front seat making fun of him for saying that. What well, are you gonna be <laughs> such a dork, dude? Chicky Leader, Chicky Leader. He's complaining about all the girls being prudes. <laughs>
0: That's hilarious. But, yeah, the, the Slater guy was pretty funny.
1: Yeah, and that there's a part where uh, O'Banion, yeah, Slater, what's up? Give me some drugs, man. Give me some drugs. And he says, all right, if you." Uh, and he's like, where are your drugs at? He said, they're at your mom's house, man. <laughs> and he pulls off. So, yeah, I like Slater's character. Um, I'll talk some more about him later. So, go ahead.
0: I wrote down... Wooderson's line, hey, 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 watch the leather, man. (laughs) (laughs) That little high-pitched laugh made me laugh
1: so hard. (laughs) Watch the leather, man. And then he turns on the car and like he revs it up. He's just got that cigarette in his hand. He's just totally trashed. When they were busting the mailboxes, I said, "This, I'll just do both of these because one of them we've already talked about. I said, 100%. American flag mailbox was the crazy guy with the handgun. Yeah. And then when they pulled into the thing, he says that he wants, they're out of beer. He needs to go in it. And he says, I got money. Anybody got any money? And one guy says, no, I don't have any. He says, okay, I'll just hoist it. He goes, pull yeah. in, coming out that way. And I put in <laughs> asterisks. just committed a felony with busting down the mailboxes. The one guy says, hey, man. I don't want to get in trouble, do you, Randall Pink? Like <laughs> like you you've already committed a felony. Who cares? Go steal beer, dude.
0: My last one was just I thought it was cool that the movie takes place in a day, you know, despite the you know, time issues that you mentioned earlier. Yeah, I still thought it was Yeah,
1: it's like cool. a it's like a 24-hour night.
0: Yeah. You generally don't <laughs> see that a ton.
1: Yeah. When they're up on the moon tower, first of all them giving old Mitch crap about the they're telling him like the spooky stories of the the freshman getting too drunk and falling down and hitting his head on every beam on the way down. Yeah. I heard it doesn't hurt after the first couple though. <laughs> and then he's like, Look man, there's some blood <laughs> and then again, Pink and Pickford are kinda having like that conversation about there's nothing going on in this town. It's dead. Slater just says, Imagine how many people out there are effing, man. Just going at it. <laughs> At the party, Mia uh, Jovovich is playing that song on the guitar. Yeah, and I said Slater crying over that song, and then immediately going into conspiracy theory about George Washington being in a cult and growing fields of marijuana. (laughs) Just a wonderful stoner moment in this movie. (laughs) Yeah, that dude is stoned the entire movie. Yeah, he's he's stoned at the uh, at at the school. He's putting water in his eyes. And he turns around and says, Oh man, I'm so wasted <laughs> when yeah. he's walking away. Yeah, he's one hundred percent high the whole movie.
0: That was hilarious. And then the though. last
1: the last line I put or two or the last two that I put were um Wooderson lines. And the first one is you I've heard people say this forever just as as, you know, funny the that's what I like about them high school girls, man. <laughs> I get older, they stay the same age. And then the one guy says, yeah. you're going to go to jail real soon, man. And then <laughs> uh, you, gotta, you just got to keep living. There's going to be more rules they're going to try to make you follow. But you just got to keep living, man. L-I-V-I-N. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's a good one. I say
1: L-I-V-I-N when people are people ask me, how you doing? And I say, well, I'm just living L-I-V-I-N. <laughs> the people that get it, it's fine. Most of the people are like, what? Like, nothing.
0: Yeah, I didn't get it at first, but then I just figured it was a reference because we were, you know, talking about this movie and all that. So yeah, I was
1: just I was just waiting for it, and then when I saw, it, I'm like, oh, there it is. <laughs> Would you recommend this movie to a friend, Jake?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's a good movie. It's um, you know, it's a classic. It's a cult, that a lot of people really like. It has a lot of people that we see still currently acting. You know, we still see Matthew McConaughey. You know, we just watched a movie the other week with Cole Hauser, Ben Affleck. And uh Ben Affleck is still in stuff. Uh
1: Varies What's her people. face? The Simone character. She's in a lot of Adam Sandler universe movies. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. That's definitely She's in, what in like what Big Daddy, Daddy and uh she's in a bunch of them. Yeah. Yes, I would recommend this movie. It's a good one night teen party movie up there with like super bad and stuff like Mm -hmm. that you don't really get that too much these days they focus too much on trying to be like incredibly shockingly raunchy
0: yeah
1: versus like super bad's got some got raunchy stuff in it but it's still clever writing and the characters are funny versus just like oh this guy got drunk and super glued a teddy bear on his penis and is running around naked that's funny um type of a thing uh, which is that movie I don't remember, Project X or something, something that happened in that movie. Does this movie hold up in twenty twenty one? Not at all. No, there's a lot of Not to me. There's a lot of weird stuff in this movie. There's a lot of language in this movie that would. A lot of
0: the language wasn't really a thing for me. It's all the underage drinking and stuff. I mean, I'm sure some of that still goes on, but.
1: I mean, yeah, I mean, but like, it's like, I mean, what I was just saying, there's still like high school kid party movies that come out. There was, uh, the movie recently, it was called, man, I'm having a terrible time remembering these movies. Uh, Booksmart. Booksmart came out like two years ago and it's a high school party movie. Super great. I love Booksmart. It's really funny. Um, but it's just high school kids partying. Yeah. Coming of age. So, I think that they still, that, that that aspect holds up. They're still making those com these comedy movies like that. My thing was, like, there's a lot of homophobic language in this movie.
0: Oh, yeah. That was another big thing that, um, that stood out to me.
1: The the rest of it, you could just default under it being like a period piece of the 70s with like the hazing. Yeah, that, that's all. what, you I, can, you can that's what a I was going to say. You can lump a lot of that stuff in with it just being the 70s. You can explain it off as like, oh, that's just what it was in the 70s. Um. and that I mean that's the way it was with the language too but being released today it wouldn't with that language yeah. in it at least at a national level you might get some movie company that's releasing independently that would but for a major release in theaters it's not going to have that type of language be thrown around like in a positive light so yeah um <clears throat> So fun facts. Jake, do you have any fun facts?
0: I had a couple. I wrote, um, despite being featured on posters, most of Mila Jovovich's scenes were cut, and she became so upset that she decided to take a break from acting and focus on music.
1: Yeah, and then that song that she was singing in the the movie, this isn't one that I wrote down, but that song that she was singing in the movie is actually an original Mila Jovovich song. Oh cool. A little song that she's singing. I don't remember what it was called. Uh said when the kids in the scene where the kids are uh building the the paddles, the teacher in the shop is sleeping that is sleeping is an actual real teacher at the school and at the time that this trivia fact was written still worked there.
0: That's hilarious. <laughs> My next one was film producers initially wanted to use Lone Star Beer as the beer of choice being drunk by the kids, but Lone Star demanded high fees, including a small percentage of the film's profits. Instead, generic bottles and cans of beer are used.
1: Yeah. Um, going on with stuff that this movie that, prob- that costs a lot of money, reportedly one-sixth of the budget was spent on acquiring the rights to the 1970s pop hits heard in the soundtrack.
0: <laughs> that makes sense.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: My last one, I just wrote down three. Uncredited theatrical movie debut of Renee Zellweger as the girl in Dude, the blue
1: truck. IMDB loved that trivia effect. There was that trivia effect. She her, she popped up in the in their trivia section like ten times because of that. Like this person <laughs> and this person Worked with Renee Zellweger, or Renee Zellweger went on to later work with this person and this person. I'm like, she's not even really in the movie. <laughs>
0: yeah, I skipped a lot. I don't. I don't really like reading. Like, oh yeah, these people are also in other movies together. Yeah,
1: like, I, I skipped those. Yeah, but that that was a lot. Was, a lot of those were dealing with like they were in this movie with Renee Zellweger. It's like she's not in the movie. Who cares? She's barely in it.
0: I just thought it was interesting that she was, you know, that this was her film debut, just because you know she went on to be a, a big. Yeah, actress. and that sh-
1: her and the Simone character look a lot of like, yeah, because um, when I first watched this movie in high school, I thought it was just her when she was really young, but it was a different mm. actress. Sean Andrews, who plays Kevin Pickford, Pickford, and Jason London, Randall Pink Floyd, did not get along during the shoot, and the writer, producer, and director L- Richard Linklater eventually had to break them up from fighting. This wound up. Dang. This wound up changing the ending as it was to feature Pickford instead of Wooderson, Matthew McConaughey. Uh, This also accounts for their virtual lack of dialogue between each other in scenes, despite being in each other's scenes quite a bit. So the ending was supposed to be Pickford going with Pink to go get those Aerosmith tickets, not Wooderson. Mm. But those guys hated each other so bad that they changed the ending. Jeez. Um, the beer drunk by most of the, the cast was actually beer. Jason London, however, refused to drink on set because he was trying to stop drinking and smoking. So, seems like a, a weird movie to pick when you're trying to stop drinking and smoking. But hey, man, yeah, sometimes you
0: just got to take care of yourself despite your job.
1: Although Wooderson is notorious as the creepy graduate who still hangs out with high school students, McConaughey was younger than several of the cast members playing teenagers including Sausage, Sasha Jensen, who plays Dawn, Joey Lauren Adams, who plays Simone, and Parker Posey, who plays Darla. He was younger than huh. all of them.
0: That's hilarious.
1: And I figured you would like this one because it kind of feels like the opposite of that type of movie. our uh, writer, producer, and director Richard Linklater's intent with his movie was to create an inverse John Hughes movie. He, I've I've heard uh, him talk about his inspiration for writing this movie, and he really liked John Hughes movies growing up, and he wanted to make a movie like that, but not be like a ripoff. So interesting. I don't know what he means by an
0: inverse John Hughes movie.
1: So it just be. I think wouldn't that just be the opposite? Like John Hughes doesn't. Sh- I mean, there's at least in the Breakfast Club, there's a little bit of weed smoking and stuff, but there's not like anything crazy. And they're more like light-hearted comedies. This one's kind of raunchy.
0: Yeah, I guess. I guess that what it, what that could be meant by inverse. I mean, they're both like he makes a lot of you know coming-of-age tales as well, and they're just you know, this is just definitely just done differently.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, I guess it can be. I guess I see why it's considered the inverse of that.
1: The Top Notch Burger drive-in restaurant in this movie closed on November fourteenth, two 2008 after the owner James Standish died. Hmm. Standish worked at the Top Notch for 38 years since age of 12. His father originally started the business and eventually, he eventually took over Top Notch Burgers. It was eventually reopened under new management in
0: 2009. It's probably still there.
1: Yeah. I wish I would have known. Like, i didn't know that it was still open. When I was in Austin all the time for work, I would have went by there, dude. Let's see. So I got some... Would this be better if any of these people were casted contenders, Jake? All right. Vince Vaughn auditioned for Benny, who was played by Cole Hauser, but turned down the role after Richard Linklater... Or was turned down for the role after Richard Linklater decided that he and Ben Affleck resembled each other too closely. Cole Hauser was uh cast in the movie instead mm. you think Vince, I mean you think Vince Vaughn would have been a better Benny so think, honestly think of that, that character wasn't really i I mean I guess he did have some yeah think of that scene with where they're outside he gets on the megaphone with the truck you think Vince Vaughn could have done that better
0: Vince Vaughn could have done that scene, but I'm not sure at that time in his career he could have done the deep emotional scene at the end.
1: Oh, in the truck with uh, Pink about the football, up where they football. where
0: he was basically you know he got he got upset. I don't know if he could have sold that emotionality as well. Yeah, but he definitely could have played like the first half like really easily because that's just you know that's what Vince Vaughn got his career started off of. But you know I could be wrong. Yeah, but yeah, I mean I I think you know Cole Hazard did a good job at you know selling that you know hey man if you don't do this you're kind of betraying us you know longtime friends and whatnot. That's kind of what I got from
1: that. Yeah um claire danes auditioned for the role of sabrina but was considered too classy by richard link later so sabrina was the freshman girl she was yeah she was she was in looks like the leonardo dicaprio romeo and juliet oh
0: i oh i know who claire danes is yeah
1: yeah last thing i don't know who she is oh okay um, homeland, and Michael's so-called life, so she's in some other things. Uh, Ashley Judd auditioned for the role of Jody Kramer. That would have been Mitch's older sister. That lady that plays her is kind of a no-name anyway, so I don't think it would have mattered much.
0: Yeah. And once again, just another character that's not in the movie a ton.
1: No, she's not. She's in the... I don't know. I think she feels like a character that they cut out more of yeah there seems to be like more they don't really explain the thing between her and pink very much i want i think it feels yeah it just like, kind of materialize out of nowhere i feel like they wanted to do more of a love triangle thing with her and simone because yeah. earlier in the movie when the three girls are in the truck driving and she says what does she call us you know you're friends with her we know that you she talks about us and she says she calls you a bitch and you a slut. And the one girl gets really mad about it is Simone. Yeah. And they're talking about Jodie Kramer said that about them. So um, it feels like there was some more stuff that they had filmed, but they cut out of it.
0: Yeah, it kind of feels like that for sure.
1: Uh, Lisa Bruna, the film's casting director, says that Mark Ruffalo, Hilary Swank, Will Wheaton, Mackenzie Astin, Jared Leto, Elizabeth Berkley, Denise Richards, Vince Vaughn, Alicia Silverstone, Kirsten Dunst all auditioned for roles and Linklater has revealed that Jennifer Love Hewitt, Mariah Maria Mira Sorvino, Reese Witherspoon and Ron Livingston also tried out for parts and that Brendan Fraser was, ca- was contacted for a role. I can't imagine Jennifer Love Hewitt being in this movie. It would be a completely different movie just with her presence in it. Yeah. Everyone else at the time wasn't very big. Denise Richards, maybe. Alicia Silverstone. She wasn't big until later in the 90s, though. I don't know. And then the role of Slater came down to Rory Cochran, or, or it came down between Rory Cochran, who got it, and David Arquette, who plays Dewey in, like Scream and stuff. No thanks. I liked Roy Cochran better. I think, uh, yeah, David Arquette would have been too much of a cartoon. Where probably uh, yeah, Roy Cochran feels just like a stoner that you know. Yeah. So Jake, that's all I got. You got anything else?
0: Nope, I'm all out.
1: Sweet. So Jake, what uh, what movie are we doing next week?
0: We're gonna watch *Serenity* from 2005. It's the movie that follows the short-lived series *Firefly*.
1: Cool. I've never seen any one of those things, so cool. Gonna make no. You
0: can, s- and this is a movie you can watch without having seen the show. That's actually how I came into it. I mean, it makes more sense after you've seen the show, but you can still watch this movie as a standalone and still enjoy it.
1: If you enjoy the show, please leave us a five star iTunes review and rating. Um, we would appreciate that. and then you can find us on other streaming platforms that you get your podcasts, like Spotify and Stitcher and Google and Amazon and all those other things. Uh, on social media, you can find us at on Twitter at seen as Have you. On Instagram and Facebook at H-Y-S-T Podcast. You can find me at Ethan Tyler Wilson with no E in Tyler on Instagram and Twitter. And then Jake. You can find
0: me at J-A-E-K Spencer on both Twitter and Instagram.
1: And ladies out there, if you want to talk, contact Jake, his number is... I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, until next time with serenity i am ethan wilson here to tell you guys to you know keep doing what you're doing stay safe wear masks and stuff um be respectful and jake got anything you want to say nope all right so we'll see you later bye